Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander. We're in the Southern Bancor studio right here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Glad you're with us. We have got a full show today. We're going to have North Alabama baseball coach Mike Keene on the show a little later. Jack Duggan, sports information director for Southern Miss, joining us as well. And we're about to be joined by assistant basketball coach Anthony Winchester. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pits. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour. And we're happy to say proud uh, to be their friends. They cook delicious food seven days a week and can cater any event. So the next time you have something special, make sure you include Dickie's Barbecue. All right. Western Kentucky spoiled Southern Miss's bid for a Valentine's Day win last night. The Hilltoppers now 15-11. and 11. Pulled away late in the game to beat the Golden Eagles 87-77. Southern Miss was within three points at the six-minute mark. But Western Kentucky pulled away, and the Golden Eagles lose another heartbreaker. Assistant basketball coach Anthony Winchester is with us. And, Coach, I know that these are really frustrating times, but it does seem to me that even in losses over the last three games, the Golden Eagles have have played hard and, and do seem to be an improved basketball team. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. You know, absolutely. I think the outcome, you know, you know, obviously isn't, you know, what we want. But, you know, for us, so we're just, you know, talking about the process. And that's, you know, if the guys just keep, you know, keep on being everyday dudes, then the wins are going to come. You know, obviously last night it was a, a tough game, you know, we hung in there with them and it was kind of back and forth, but, you know, they kind of pulled away at the end there. And that's, that's kind of what they do. You know, if you look at their team, you know, they got a couple older dudes and, you know, they just, at the end of the game, so they made some plays and we didn't. And, you know, that's, that's kind of what happened. But for us, you know, we just, just got to hang in there and, you know, you know, come to work every day and, and then eventually the wins will come. And that's kind of what we're preaching right now. Well, at the beginning of the game, Coach Winchester, their big seven, uh, Western Kentucky seven foot five dude in the middle there, he started the game with authority, and then it looked like you guys did something to to switch things up because he was not near as effective. I mean, you know, the guy seven five, right? Um, was not near as effective yeah, yeah. as the game went on. So, how did you guys change up coverage on him? Well, if you look at how they played, you know, so. Like, obviously, so they have McKnight, and he was coming off a lot of ball screens, and, like, it was with Sharp. So we just, you know, told our guys, and we preached to our guys that, like, you have to stay under Sharp. You have to stay under Sharp. If he gets behind you, obviously, with his length and his height, you know, right. there, isn't a lot of, there isn't a lot that, like, you can do with it. So we just told our guys, you have to stay under, have to stay under. And then I think our guys, you know, did a good job attacking him, too. He got a couple fouls early, and then – right. Like obviously he had to come out of he had to come out of the game at um, at certain times. You know I thought our guys you know did a great job with the game plan of of attacking him too on offense because it is tough. He's he's so long and he's so long and um, 
you know, our guys haven't seen that length, but, you know, he got in foul trouble a little bit early, and um, I think that helped as the game went on. Yeah, and when you look at, if, if you were, a, if a person was a betting man and they looked at one bet to lay down a prop bet, it would have been that Western Kentucky would have out-rebounded the Eagles last night, considering seven foot five in the middle there, but that was not the case. You guys out-rebounded them 39 to 28. How in the heck did you do that? Well, our guys, they did a great job. You know, obviously, it's the Western Kentucky, so they were in that zone for a lot of the games. And we told our guys, there's going to be a lot of rebounds, you know. Like, if you if you look at a zone, so typically, if you're in a zone, like, you don't have a man, so you're not you're not going to be boxing out the same guy every time. You know, so we told our bigs. And if you look at our lineup, too, so we played three bigs a lot, too, so that helped. A guy like DeAndre, he was able to get in there in the second half early, and he got a few offensive rebounds, you know, and that kind of got him going, but... You know, that's what we told our guys. If, if you crash if you crash against that zone, you know, you're going to get a few, and that's what happened. I'll tell you, Bob, Bob Getty, one of the things that was disappointing to me watching the game was the Eagles shot 40% from the three-point arc. But, but all Western Kentucky did was shoot 52% from out, outside the three-point area. To me, Coach Winchester, that was the difference in the game. But, hell, what are you going to do? I mean, if they shoot 52% from three-point range, right. not, a, not a whole lot you can do to defend that. Yeah. No, absolutely. If a team's making shots like that, it's going to be hard to win. And then they did a real good job of getting to the foul line, too. You know, they – I think they lead the country in fouls received. And, you know, they did it last night, too. Um, you know, I thought there were some tough calls late. But, you know, that's, that's who they are, and that's what they do. You know, they got some guards who can really shoot it. And then they had a um, kid come off the bench, and he made a couple, too. And then, obviously, McKnight's a handful. So, well, you know, but if a team's making shots like that, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I thought I thought Napper played really, really hard last night, especially hard, at least from my point of view. Moore and Stevenson played the whole game, Isaiah Moore. And I still don't know, and the guys we were with, we, we don't, still don't know why, how Moore got the technical foul. It, it had to have been something he said because there was nothing – overtly obvious on the floor. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure on the technical foul either, but with Napper, you know, he had a good week of practice. He had a really good week of practice, so I knew he was going to have a good game, and that's kind of been that's kind of been his thing, you know, when he's locked in and, and when he's ready to go every day and he brings it every day, he's going to play good, and that's, you know, kind of what, like, we've been preaching with him and with everybody, you know. If you, if you do the work, it's going to pay off at some point. Well, you've got you've got a situation now that you haven't seen yourself in in quite some time. You get a home game, ta-da! <laughs> this coming Thursday, you'll get another one, the second of four straight games at home. It's something to keep in mind that this Eagle team has only had, up until this week, they've only had four home games since Christmas. That was in December of last yeah. year. Oh, absolutely. You know, so, so they're getting yeah. four straight here at home. But the problem is, Coach Winchester, they're four games in seven days. So now, cardiovascular-wise, yeah. you guys, yep. are you ready to go the distance here, four games in seven days? I think so. I think so for sure. If you look at the guys, you know, obviously, so we played a couple guys the whole game. But, you know, and I think our practice time is obviously going to be a little shorter. I think that goes the case with everybody this time of the year. If you look at all the teams, you know, because they are playing a lot more games and you're kind of getting down to the stretch. But... You know, I think our guys will be fine, and I think it's going to help having some home games. We're not having to travel a ton, so obviously that's going to help too with our legs. But 
you know, once you get to this kind of point in the season, man, everybody is kind of, you know, I was this way as a player too, and I'm sure everybody kind of is. You get to practice and it's kind of like, I just want to play the game, man. I just want to play the game. So that's kind of where we're at now. And, you know, I think obviously being at home here, we got three, you know, we got three more straight here. You know, I think that's going to help. And, you know, obviously if we can get a win too, then that would help everybody. Well, and UTSA, Bob, coming in here Thursday night, that's that's a winnable game. UTSA is a, right. is a team that Southern can beat. So, Coach, I'll ask you an obvious question. Uh, you, you sort of just answered it. I know it's really been a tough stretch and a difficult year for you, but, you know, just one or two wins here at the end of the year as you go into the conference tournament, it would seem to me would take a big cloud off of the shoulders of everyone and allow you to play, uh, uh, you know, much looser and uh, perhaps much better in the tournament. Fair to say? Yeah, no, absolutely. If you look at, like I think you said it earlier, um, if you if you look at the games recently, so we've been in there. We kind of hung tough, like first half for sure, in all the games, and then it like even in the second half, you know, we played everybody really tight. You so our guys, our guys have the confidence, but obviously, like the outcome isn't, you know, what we want. So it is tough to go back in the locker room and to keep having to preach to them that it's a process. It's a process. Just hang in there. You're going to get one. You're going to get one. And I think they, like, obviously, if we we could pull one out, then that would just help everybody's confidence. And, like, you, once you get to the tournament, anything can happen, you know. Like, you know, we've been playing these teams tough, and, you know, once you get to the tournament, anything can happen. Right. And they're really – I hate to say this, but in Conference USA, that's really what matters the most is the tournament. You know, anybody, whoever wins the tournament's going to the NCAAs and probably nobody else, Coach. That's not fair, but that's probably yeah, accurate, yeah. right? Yep. Look, in, in North Texas. No, I would agree, especially this year. Yeah. And, especially this year because you've got, you got a lot of teams. you got a lot of teams who can win that thing, you know, but I don't think, I think it's a one good league again. You know, that's just. That's just the case, and that's just how it is, and that's how it's that's how it's been the past couple of years, you know. And it's probably going to continue to be that way. And I mean, North Texas went in last year, won a first round game, you know. So until the Conference USA team, and now it looks like Sun Belt teams, you know, go into the tournament and make continue to make noise by winning first and second round games, that's probably the only way that that's going to change. But the Eagles play at home this coming Thursday night against the Roadrunners of UT San Antonio. And then uh, UTEP comes to town this coming Saturday. So we'll talk about that as the week progresses. Coach Anthony Winchester, assistant coach for the men's Golden Eagle basketball team. Thanks, Coach Winchester. We'll talk to you again real soon. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys. All righty. When we come back, Bob, we're going to talk. Are we talking baseball next? We're going to talk to Jack Duggan about all the activities taking place on campus this weekend. Then we have Coach Mike Keene, who's bringing his North Alabama baseball team to the Pete this weekend. So, uh, Lots left on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I hey, want to thank Coach Anthony Winchester for joining us in the first segment of the show. Glad you're with us this afternoon. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps Studio right here in Hattiesburg. Second segment sponsored, as always, by Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net. What a great place to go this weekend. 
There's a lot going on on the campus this weekend, and the Campus Bookmark should be one of your stops to talk about all the activity that will be buzzing around the Southern Miss campus this weekend and next, actually. We bring in our good buddy, Sports Information Director Jack Duggan. Jack, uh, you're going to have football, basketball, softball, baseball. Wow. It's going to be the next two weeks on campus pretty active. Yeah, it really is. And uh, this is what we call – uh, the 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 longest uh, month of the year, maybe the, the maybe the shortest in terms of days, but uh, uh, in, in a lot of ways, it's the longest month of the year with the amount of events that we have to cover. Uh, but uh, that's why we get into it, and that's why we have the fun. And uh, you know, we've we've spent a couple of days trying to figure out staffing for this weekend. So, you know, we've got one of our guys on the road with women's basketball, and then. Then we just you know, gotta 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 make sure we got baseball and softball and um men's basketball covered. And I think we'll we'll do a pretty good job with that uh this weekend. Right, and spring football too, I I know is underway. Is there gonna be some spring football activity Saturday that baseball fans may may be able to take in in addition to uh, going to Southern Miss baseball? Well we'll we'll practice uh Saturday morning. That'll be our first time on on the field. Um and a lot of be a lot of new faces. I think uh, we announced twenty six just just guys that'll be on campus for the first time uh, this spring uh, that will participate in spring drills, and um, it's just a lot of fun. I did just looking forward to uh, just looking forward to uh, get ready uh, for for next season. And uh, you know, I mean, it's hard not to get excited uh, when you're around uh, Coach Will Hall. Right. For just a little bit of a time, and uh, so we're we're ready. We're ready to get that going too. Is that something the public can come watch as practice in spring football, Jack? As far as far as I know, yes. I mean, I we you know um, that's one of the things that that Coach Hall said when he got here was practice would be open, and uh, so um, you know it. it uh, it, I would imagine that would be the case this weekend. Jack, we talked with uh, Coach Barry yesterday about the season ticket sales record being absolutely shattered. I mean, not like by 10 or 20, but by hundreds. Uh, opening day is always special at any level of baseball, whether it's Little League all the way up to the major leagues. With this being the opener on Friday and with the record number of season ticket sales, and there is really no such thing as parking for baseball, but what would you suggest – to people coming out to the Pete this weekend, considering you're you're just going to have huge I, I'd, crowds, I'd say get there early. <laughs> That's what I'd say. Uh, you know, we, there's there's there'll be some parking, you know, uh, in the circle, uh, MK Turk Circle. There'll be parking in the uh, the lot where the wellness center is. Um, you know, I would suggest you know even the parking garage on campus, a little bit of a walk, and then. And then down by um, down by um, the ticket office on mm-hmm. the corner of uh, I think it's Golden Eagle, Golden Eagle Drive and uh, West Fourth Street. I think there's some parking back in there. So so uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, we're expecting big crowds this weekend. And uh, uh, yeah, I would I would I would certainly uh, stress for folks to get there early. Well, well, you combine the great weather we're supposed to have, uh, particularly Saturday. Yes, uh, it's Saturday. Could be a huge crowd. My my guess is, and I say this with all due respect, the kids from North Alabama probably won't play in front of a lot of crowds uh, the size of what they'll play in front of Saturday. 
probably probably not and uh it's it should be a great great atmosphere so you know i would i would i would urge uh you know, Golden Eagle fans to come out early for, you know, men's basketball. They start. Uh, I think they play UTEP at noon on Saturday, so that'll be that'll be a great game at, at the Coliseum. And you know, those guys have have, have deserve a big crowd. And so you can make a big day on campus. So all you know, uh, softball. They play uh, a couple of ball games um, this weekend as well, and uh, on Saturday, and I think I think they played eleven and two, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check that. I think they play. Um, yeah, they play at. Uh, see what time do they play Saturday? Uh, yeah, they play Houston Baptist uh, at eleven a.m. on Saturday, and then Mississippi Valley State at two. So uh, you know, just a lot of we got a lot of things going on, and we'll have a lot of things going on next week and or next Saturday as well. So uh, we try to we try to give our fans a lot of of of, of different opportunities to come on campus, enjoy some Golden Eagle. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time talking about parking, but just to clarify. If basketball is being played at noon on Saturday, then the, the MK Turk Circle will not be available for for baseball parking. That 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 is my understanding. Yes, but you can park if you're coming for baseball. I assume you can park in the parking lot, which would be what east of the volleyball complex. Uh, yes, should be able to. There should be some parking there, and then and then there's all there's always seems to be some parking on Fraternity Row. Yeah. Which is which is right there as well. So right. So, so that's th- those would be my suggestions. What, what you do, Bob, is you go to the basketball game at noon. Then you're already parked there. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, you're, you're, you're good to go. Well, look, this is a problem that many universities around the state would love to have: is finding parking for all your baseball fans. I and mean, and the a, young and the younger fans aren't going to care so much. They don't mind the walk. But us older folks, yeah. the Al Holders of the world, they want to get yeah. up there as close yeah. as this spring chicken Kelly Sander. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Who just as we all know loves to walk long distances and hey, I do, jog and what have you. I right? do resistance training every day. I resist going to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, uh Jack, baseball starting uh Friday afternoon, four o'clock. Wanna thank you. You're getting us set up to do a special two-hour show there. But is there really anything that some of us love any more than opening day at Pete Taylor Park? Kelly's right. It's uh, There's something about baseball and the opening day of baseball that is unique and special to every sport, I think. Well, that, that's very true. And you, know, you want everything to be perfect on that day. And uh, and that's the, that's the one great thing about opening day. Everything is perfect. You're zero and zero uh, with – a lot of a lot of optimism ahead, at least for college baseball. It's a fifty-six game season, and we're certainly looking forward to it. And it's going to be a challenge, another challenging one uh, for Coach Scott Barry and his ball club. You know, J- uh, J- Justin Verlander, you know, a great pitcher in, in the major leagues. When he was named the starter back early in his career for Detroit on opening day. Uh, said he did not, I mean, obviously has command of his pitches, knows what he's doing. He said he did not sleep well at all the night before. And his, you know, people around him said, what, what's the big deal? You know what you're doing? He said, it's opening day, man. It's, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, opening special. day. There's no question. Jack, how, going back through history, and I, I'm kind of throwing you a curveball here, no pun intended. I didn't ask you about this before we went on, but. How did the how historically have the Golden Eagles done on opening day in baseball? Well, we've done we've done relatively well. I mean, we've over the last 
say 25 years, I think we've we've opened at home all but maybe two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say, uh, actually, I got it in my notes, but I don't have my notes open right now. So you get a lot of the uh, northern teams, obviously, that come down that don't get to practice a whole lot outside. Mm-hmm. So it's it's great for them to be able to hit the field. Mm-hmm. You know, these northern teams to get some warm enough weather where they can can hit the field. Yeah. But uh, so so if you go back, if you go back, um, we have only lost since nineteen ninety six. We've only lost four times on opening day. Uh, our last, our, our home, I should say, yeah, four times, uh, and only four times have we lost our home home opener. Um, the last time that we we won um, or we lost our uh, home opener was back on 2014 against Louisiana Lafayette. We lost that game six to two. That was actually not the home opener. Um, uh, we had we'd opened up against uh, or at McNeese the weekend before. In fact, we played Missouri, lost to them the opening game. Um, you know, we were supposed to have Stony Brook come in for three that weekend, and uh, because of because of really bad storms that year, they couldn't get down here. So we ended up uh, pivoting and moving uh, our first three games uh, to Lake Charles that year. Right, so, right, I remember that. but. Um, but we've ever since then, since 2015, we've we've won every every uh, opening day. Now we did lose the second game of a doubleheader uh, last year, seven to one to Northwestern State in frigid, frigid weather. But uh, you know, typically opening day for us has been really good. Um, there's only of the last four, six, eight, ten, eleven home openers. Uh, we've only been under 60 degrees four times. Mm-hmm. And so the coldest opening day uh, over the, that span is, is back in uh, 2015 where we uh, we uh, played Murray State, and it was a 53-degree day. Well, we can't wait. Cold weather or not, it doesn't matter. We're going to be there. Jack, we appreciate you setting us up coming uh, this Friday. And uh, as always, my friend, we appreciate your input on the Eagle Hour. No problem. You guys have a great rest of your day. All right. Jack Duggan, everybody. Hacksaw, as some of us know him. Sports information director, hardworking guy, University of Southern Mississippi. North Alabama coming to town this weekend. We're going to talk to their head coach next. I want to thank Jack Duggan for joining us uh, in the first segment, along with a basketball coach, Anthony Winchester. This segment is sponsored by our good friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Uh, They'll have a great uh, weekend lineup. I'm sure all the Southern Miss baseball games will be on the TV there, and uh, as well as uh, every big sporting event. Great food, great fellowship, and just a great time at 4th Street Bar and Grill. And we thank them for their support. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bancorp Studios just in Hattiesburg today, our Laurel studio is down as uh, Luke is out, but wherever you're tuned in around the state, we appreciate you uh, listening to the Eagle Hour. The University of North Alabama comes to Pete Taylor Park 
a lot of buzz in town with the start of baseball season. That's no news to anyone who lives here in South Mississippi. As there's, a, of course, a great deal of love for Southern Miss baseball. So North Alabama comes into town. Mike Keene is the head baseball coach uh, at North Alabama, and we're very happy to have him on the Eagle Hour. Uh, coach, I, I know like our coach, Scott Berry, and uh, as we were talking earlier in the show, there's really nothing like opening day in baseball, and it doesn't matter if it's college, professional, or high school baseball. Opening day is always pretty special. It really is. Uh, it's kind of like you put in all that work in the off season and you know, just trying to prepare, and obviously we got a little bit different weather conditions as we're trying to, you know, work our way through getting the opening season. But it's, you know, it's just one of those things you want to see how much you're prepared, how much you're ready to go, and sometimes you just got to kind of see your guys against a different team to see what you got. And uh, obviously, you don't like usually doing that against team in like uh, Southern Miss, but for us, that's uh, we're real excited that we're going to be down there playing great environment. I've been around this program a lot of times. I was been down there back with Hill Denson back in the program when I got started, knowing Scott Berry from Reading with Corky Palmer. So it was, uh, I was real excited about him uh, getting us on their schedule and uh, know it's going to be a great environment. Now, Coach, uh, this is the, this is your club's final season in your Division One transfer or, or transition. For fans that may not be familiar, tell us tell us that history real quickly uh, of the program transitioning to Division One. Yes, it was. Uh, we uh, 2018 was our last year in Division Two, and we were obviously a part of the Gulf South Conference. And then uh, 2019 was our first year. There is a four-year probationary period, which means you're you're not eligible for any regional postseason play. Um, you are eligible for the conference tournament if your conference allows it, which the ASUN did. Um, we were fortunate with 2020 shutting down; they did allow us to give us that extra year, so. Yeah, we got kind of a free year throughout this uh, transition and period. So we are on our last portion of it. And, uh, you know, our plans were kind of trying to figure all this out and uh, try to improve and uh, be able to get a little bit better, a little bit more competitive as we uh, venture through this process. Coach Keene, this is Kelly Sanner. When when I'm looking at your club's uh, early season part of the schedule, and for Southern Miss fans, you come in here and you open against the Eagles. Other teams on your schedule include... Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Four games at Cincinnati. Ole Miss. Alabama. Ole. And Mississippi State. So I think on behalf of everybody, Coach, the most logical question, what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the actually last year was even worse because we added, you know, with nobody playing, I had six SEC teams on my schedule because I was just trying to get a game. Part of it is, is uh, – we always kind of failed on the recruiting base um, when you're doing this Division One to get some level of players that we're going to need to move forward. Um, you kind of got to play the big guys. You know, they look at that schedule, and I noticed that they said, hey, you know, they want to be, you know, they want to go down and play against the Southern Miss. They want to play the old, against the old Misses in the Mississippi State and obviously the Alabama and the Vanderbilt. So uh, we've actually had Auburn on our schedule in the past, too. So, um, you know, it's one of those things that uh, you just – Try to get games when you can. Uh, we were real fortunate. Uh, Cincinnati is actually coming to our place, and and that was done three years ago. But Cincinnati, at that time, wasn't the Cincinnati that it was now. Uh, so we feel really neat about having Cincinnati come into Florence, Alabama. But you know, it's one of those things. It's just uh, try to get the games you can, schedule you can, and uh, and uh, I don't know. Fortunately or unfortunately, we just got a lot of really good 
teams that was in close proximity to play, and I just felt it was one of those things that uh, we needed to do that as we transition. You've been coaching a long time, and I know that you're probably like Scott Berry. Must put a big smile on your face to see the growth of college baseball. And uh, like you say, the southeastern part of the United States is is the hub. But there's some there's some really fine college baseball out on the West Coast and in Texas. But the sport in general, coach, has just jumped by leaps and bounds, has it not? It really has. Uh, and it's just the commitment that these schools have made. And I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, whether you were ready or not, but I know we were kind of ill-prepared to – to realize the the commitments that these Division One schools have made in baseball facilities, uh, you know the the other areas, you know, where the hitting areas, but the nutrition area, the locker rooms, the field, the turf. Yeah, I didn't, you know, it's been a long time since I've been down to Southern Miss, and you know, I didn't realize they had all turf in there, and then that's what we're noticing there. But but I, I've been impressed with uh, not only the the places you play at, but how they treat you. You know, the support staffs are just, you know, first class, the way they run it, just us, our preparation, getting down to Southern Miss. So I don't think people a lot of realize that. You know, back 100 years ago when I played, you know, Division One baseball, there was far and few between that even had a facility like us. You know, that was actually decent. And now you look around, and it really is amazing. And I think you still got to give a lot of credit to Ron Polk at Mississippi State. I think no none of this would have been without him. And I, I saw him the other day, and I mentioned that, and I said, I don't, do you get, you don't get the credit because I've been around. He changed the face of baseball at Mississippi State, and, and we're at a lot of these other programs, obviously, are reaping the benefits of it. Uh, Coach Keene, one of the other, two, two other ways that college baseball has evolved, not necessarily positive or negative, <laughs> is now the prominence of the, of the transfer portal. But the one that I'd like to talk about is, you know, because of, things like Baseball Factory and Perfect Game and Under Armour and all these things going on, you've got, you've got kids that are quote-unquote committing to colleges when they're in the eighth grade. That's, it's extraordinary, but it is happening. I mean, to me, that's ridiculous. And at what point or will, will NCAA or whoever address you know, that type of situation as to how early these yeah. kids are quote unquote committing and are there legitimate offers or can there be? Well, I think the, the thing to us, and we're not, you know, obviously we're not at that stature, like a, uh, especially like an SEC school that does it. And, and being a guy that came from division two, which will, you know, you never dealt with any of that. Right. Uh, we've offered guys earlier than we ever have, not that far ahead. But to me is, you know, there's really no commitment from those kids. They can verbally commit all they want, but we do know those scholarships aren't being put on the table or ready until the time, you know, before they go in their senior year. So they kind of, they got offers or commitments, but they're not bound to that until the schools decide to. And so that's what a lot of them will do is they're basically going out and watching them and they can have their 15 verbal commitments, and then they're going to go and watch them, and they kind of pick and choose which ones they feel they are. I just, you know, to me, being an older guy and been around it, I just, you know, ethically, is that the best way to do this? I don't think so. I think we've talked about that with my assistant coach who been in Division One, and we said, you know, if you really want to stop this and you want to do earlier, make sure then, you know, make them bound to that scholarship that they, you know, money. So if they offer them that tuition scholarship and – you gotta you gotta sign it then. Let them sign it a couple of years out then. I don't think that'll ever happen. But yeah, you're right. It's it's really 
And I do think it pushes the envelope too much um, as far as trying to figure out and guessing with these kids. And I think it does kind of mom and dads get kind of caught up into that, who they got their commitments from early. And then, you know, it's, it's a long way. Some of these kids have right. a lot of development to do. And I think it misses out on some kids that are late bloomers. It really does. I think it's that it kind of affects some of them, obviously. So, But right now I don't see it changing, and I don't see the NCAA making really a real big effort to do anything about it. So, it, you know. I'm sure it's going to continue to happen at least for the next uh, two or three years. All right, Coach, we've got about a minute left. A uh, quick uh, review, a preview of your team and uh, what Southern Miss will see this weekend out of your ball club. Well, we're uh, you know we're going to have our pitching that we're going to have. They're all good. we got like one senior. The rest of them are probably going to be sophomores, true sophomores, not the COVID sophomores like you see around here. But uh, uh, they were all got their feet wet last year and had come up some pretty good summers. Uh, so we're you know we're going to try to get to and see what they can do. And um, obviously we got kind of a combination of uh, young guys mixing with some returners. So you know we're we're going to try to just put them out there. And you know, I think you know Will Haverstock will get the start on Friday. Um, very athletic, right-handed pitcher. Um, we feel he's got a chance to be really good. His velocity jumps up a little bit more. I think he's got the potential to be a draft guy. And then uh, another sophomore, Jacob Bradshaw, will go against uh, on Saturday. Um, probably more of an upper 80s guy, you know, mix. And then we're going to throw our senior start on Sunday, Austin Nichols. And he's uh, been in our program a long time and more of a mixed guy. But, uh, you know, the bullpen is what, uh, you know, we don't know much about. Um, you know, we're going to try to play through that throughout the, the game and this weekend and just hopefully we can play clean baseball. I think we talked to our guys about uh, try to minimize the mistakes and not walk a bunch of guys because obviously we do that, they'll jump all over us uh, with their ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark. So we're going to come in and just try to play hard and play clean as we can. And, uh, you know, that's what I told the guys. Just try to you know, compete the best you can. Coach, we're looking for big crowds, great atmosphere. We look forward to seeing your ball team on the field. And uh, many, many thanks from us for you taking the time to talk to us. I appreciate you having me. We're really excited because we know it's going to be a fantastic environment this weekend. Coach Mike Keene, everybody. Coach of North Alabama, the Lions, they're coming into town. Friday at 4 o'clock at all sorts. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. One of the many things I love about college baseball is the accessibility of the coaches in college baseball. And we want to thank uh, Coach Mike Keene from North Alabama for coming on the show. He just jumped at the chance to come. And uh, we love talking to these coaches from around the country. We're going to bring as many of them to you as we possibly can uh, now that baseball season is here. also want to thank Coach Anthony Winchester from basketball. Can't say enough about their willingness to come on the show. And, of course, uh, Jack Duggan. Two-hour show uh, from the Pete. Uh, this Friday. We're going to have a great guest list, and we'll share that with you uh, uh, in the days to come. We, I, I got carried away with the guests, and I apologize. I promised that we would give away a lot of tickets today, and I just let it slip my mind. We will do that tomorrow. We'll give away a, a weekend series of tickets and some T-shirts at the end of every segment. Don't let me forget tomorrow, Kelly. Okay. Man. We, uh, you got it. We just got busy this afternoon and uh, had some technical issues right at the last minute, but we will do that tomorrow. You and I were talking uh, during the break about basketball, 
and that you you know you momentarily brought back memories you were explaining to your son back in the day of uh, MK Turk when uh, when Denny Crum, nationally famous Denny Crum, would bring the Louisville Cardinals into the uh, arena, and the Memphis Tigers would come, and Bob Huggins would bring the Cincinnati Bearcats. Those were magic, magic times, Kelly. Man, to, just to see Denny Crum with never, you know, he never had a hair out of place. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah, like the werewolf of Trader Vicks. And, and he had that carnation. He would always wear, you know, a yeah. carnation. And, and, then, and then to see Casey Fisher go on a, on a run, of, hit about six straight three-pointers. Right. And I'm talking like five-pointers if, right. if you based right. on. And the place so loud you couldn't hear yourself think. You couldn't. I mean, you'd try to call timeout. And the, you had to physically you know, make the motion in front of a referee because you know, he couldn't hear the place was so loud. Um, yeah, those were the days. And hopefully, you know, at some point, we'll, we'll return to those. We'll return to you those. know, in, in baseball, you're talking to, to Coach Keenan. We were picking on him about that schedule. And look, I, I totally get the fact that that is a recruiting tool. Look, we're going to play at all these big places. But how many times have we talked about here on the Eagle Hour, too, of college athletics being a business, right? And here's, a, here's the new kid on the block making the transition, you know, coming up to, to D1. Look, when you're going to play Vanderbilt and Ole Miss and Southern Miss – Mississippi State, Cincinnati, you're getting a check too. Yeah, you know, I mean, and 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 Coach Keen is the perfect guy to be at North Alabama. He's been there 14 years, but here's a guy that isn't trying to go anywhere, right? Isn't trying to break any win loss records. He's there with a job, the maturity of an of an older man to to build this program. He's not worried about getting fired. Because right. of a win loss record, right. and with that schedule, secure in his own self, yes, no question. And uh, so, so they're gonna, they're probably gonna take some lumps this year, right? That goes without saying. But they're gonna bump that coffer. They're gonna they're, that bank account for North Alabama is gonna go way up for baseball this year. Their first nine games are three against Southern Miss, Vanderbilt, four against Cincinnati, and Tennessee Tech. And Tennessee Tech is no slouch. No, that's what I'm saying. Tennessee Tech is a team that can beat anybody on a given day. So, boy, there's no breathing room uh, into the month of March for these guys. No, and then and then when you go a little bit further down the schedule and throw in some of those other ones, man. And you make the tour of Mississippi, and in college baseball, that's a whole other animal than making the tour in any other sport. When you're going to play Southern Miss, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss all in the same season. You better be pretty good. You're going to make a lot of money. Yeah. You're not going to have to travel very far, right? So to to put it in you know the vernacular, to get your tail kicked, at least you're not going to have to go halfway across the country to get right. it done. Right. Right. And right. who knows? You might sneak out a win you here might. or there. Yeah, you, you know. You heard what he said. You know they got a kid uh, pitching Friday that they think has draft potential. Well, I don't need to tell you that on any given day. If it doesn't matter how overmatched the team is, if you've got the right pitcher on the mound, you have a chance. The kids call it now shoving. If, you know, if you got a guy out there that's Here's shoving. Here's a great example. Was it Southwest Missouri State that played in the Oxford Regional? And they had one kid that was a major league prospect, and he came within a whisker of beating Ole Miss in the opening game. The next game, that guy's gone, and Southern Miss beat him 22 to nothing. So one, one guy. One and, guy can make a difference. And that's why pitchers make all that money, too, you right. know, at the major league level, is because they, they do have that ability. Right. But, but it's just exciting for this community, which, you know, it's been, it's been a long winter. 
Um, the football program was not what people had hoped. Of course, that's it seems to be on the right track. And now you baseball season, where by all projections, this team is supposed to be. I, I'll tell you the number that that still blows me away, Bob. We talked about it yesterday. Was how the season ticket. Yeah, the great. season. I mean, normally when you break a record, you know, you break it by one or two, you break it by five. But I mean, I think the old record was like seven, one thousand seven hundred and fifty, and it's like twenty six. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's right, it's right at twenty six hundred now. I mean, it's ridiculous. It shows the love of this baseball program down here, and and the, and I hate to say this, I say this with all due respect to the other two major sports, but it's the it's the winning major sport, and people love a winner, Kelly. They do. They like a winner. Always have. Always, always will. will. All right, more Eagle Hour tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Again, I want to thank the North Alabama baseball coach for coming on. We're going to work to get you a lot of opposing baseball coaches. Really interesting to, to talk to this fraternity of, uh, of fine men. More Eagle Hour tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.